Good morning. So I believe that this morning the Lord would like to lift us to a whole new level of hope. We're going to talk a little bit about the ingredients or the substance of hope. Briefly touch on the fruit and the evidence of it. But the jewel, the gem of what it is that he has for us today is a much deeper, clearer understanding of what it actually is. And if you're anything like me, you might be quite surprised. So let's just jump right in. Hope consists generally of two main things. Number one, the belief that you will be okay no matter what life brings. It's the belief that you can cope. It's the I can mentality. And secondly, it's optimism. It's the ability to see uncertainty as an opportunity for success. The belief that good things, new opportunities are ahead. The ability to believe that you can cope, that you'll be okay no matter what life brings can come from a number of different resources. In fact, in therapy, when we're working with an individual that is feeling particularly worried or despairing about their ability to get through their current circumstance, or maybe something they're anticipating in the future, we get them to look back and call it a strengths-based approach. Look back at other times where you face uncertainty or a challenge, some kind of storm was in your life. Maybe it was something you chose or it was chosen for you. And consider how it was you got from there to today. What kind of strengths, characteristics, or resources were you blessed with? Maybe you can believe, I'm going to be okay, no matter what the future brings, because I'm tough and I'm fearless. Maybe it's because you know that you're hardworking and you've got a lot of grit. Perhaps it's your resourcefulness, your ingenuity, that you know will help you get through whatever comes your way. Maybe you're confident in the social supports around you. Great family, partner, friends, employer, church community. Maybe it's your intelligence. You could just take facts and logic and you could put it together and you'll figure it out. Perhaps you have a lot of money and resources that you put a lot of confidence that will help you to get through. Beauty, youth, time, maybe that's on your side. Perhaps you're particularly charismatic. You're like a magnet to those who can help. Or maybe you just believe in good old stats. I mean, we do know that one constant that does exist is change, and that eventually, through some patient endurance, your luck will change too. And you know what? It's great to consider the strengths and the abilities and the resources you have internally and externally. Don't write them off. You've got them. And you do have this. But we know that in the natural world, that's pretty much where it ends. As followers of Jesus, however, Yeshua, which means to deliver, to rescue. That's the actual definition of the one whom we follow. We know that the beginning and the end, and if all else fails, that he is there. The great I am is in our lives, continually confirming for us that yes, we can. You can say, as a follower of Christ, 
the one who delivers and rescues, that I can because of the great I am. Amen. Amen. So optimism. The ability to look at uncertainty as an opportunity for success. The belief that, you know, good things are ahead. Perhaps it's because you've determined that you'll figure it out. Or maybe others, they'll figure it out. Or together, we'll figure it out. It's the ability to use that beautifully wondrous mind that you've been given. To not just look at the possibility of... of um, failure or mishaps, but to consider the whole truth. And the truth is, is that in every adversity, challenge that we face as a human race or as individuals is what leads us to new and brighter horizons. When doors close, another one opens. It does spur us on to be resourceful, creative, and use that sense of wonder to move forward to brighter and better days. And that's just the natural world. Again, we follow Jesus, Yeshua, to deliver, to rescue. God calls himself the God of wonders, the great physician, Emmanuel, God with us. Wonderful counselor, the great I am. Abba, Father, El Shaddai, which is a Hebrew word for the many-breasted one or the nurturer. We have in him, if if nothing else, I mean, let it be our first and our last reason to always to be able to say that good things are ahead because he is good. The fruit of hope, the evidence of it. Quite obvious when you're filled with hope. Joy and the ability to rejoice comes rather easily the very least you have peace. You can be bold and pursue the things that your heart desires or what you know you're being called to do. And you can be patiently enduring when things are out of your hands. When you recognize that maybe you're just kind of powerless in this situation, but when you have hope, knowing that it's all going to work out, you can endure. And again, today, the real gem that I believe that is going to take us to that next level hope is something that I discovered about a week ago. Um, I was pacing through the halls of a hotel room, middle of the night, couldn't sleep, thinking about this talk. I knew that God wanted me to talk about hope. I had most of the message already prepared. And then it dawned on me, I couldn't even define the word. I didn't even know. Someone said, define hope. I, I couldn't accurately tell you. So I looked it up, googled hope. The dictionary definition is a feeling of expectation for something desirable, for something good. A feeling of expectation. And then as I looked a little bit further into it, to consider the biblical definition of hope, and that is our context. The definition of hope as a follower of the one who rescues and delivers is a confident expectation. A confident expectation. And just the word expectation alone, it, it just actually flabbergasted me. It, it grabbed my attention. I'm still wrapping my mind around it, to be honest. 
in this world, we're not raised to put expectations on people. We certainly don't like expectations being placed on us. The real only appropriate context for expectation is either when you're paying for something, when someone owes you something, or you have power over someone. That is our natural world. But our Father, our Heavenly Father is saying, no, no. Our relationship, how this works between me and you, is you put expectation confident expectation in me to be God, to be who I am and do what I say I'm going to do. And that's how this works. Confident expectation in his promises. That is what hope is. I was missing it. I had been missing it for so long. I never even considered that he was not only asking or inviting us, telling us, this is how it works, folks. That is hope. That is why Paul can say, rejoice always, I'll say it, rejoice. I never got that verse. In fact, I used to not like it. But when you have a confident expectation in God to be God, to be who he says he's going to be and to fulfill his promises, how could you not rejoice? Amen. He's saying to us today, you can have a confident expectation that I will never leave you or forsake you. You can have a confident expectation that my love for you is completely unconditional. Completely unconditional, which means that his goodness, grace, mercy, love is not dependent on your goodness. It's independent of your goodness. Doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what you haven't done. His love, goodness, is unconditional. You can confidently expect him to have a plan for you and a purpose in this season and every season of life. You can confidently expect him to provide for you and to give you rest. Oh, he values rest. He exemplified it in the creation story. He put it right into the Ten Commandments. And he says, you can confidently expect me to give you rest if you'd like to receive it. So I want you to imagine with me for a moment the very first woman, just consider the very first woman who ever got pregnant. Okay, we're going to call her Eve. And Eve, very first woman who ever got pregnant, she just started noticing she felt kind of a little funny, a little off, not feeling that well, and um, noticed that she missed her period one month. Okay still feeling sort of like flu-like symptoms. And then she started noticing that she started getting like a little bit bigger, a little thicker in the midsection. Missed her period again. And she started getting bigger and bigger. And months of this is going by, and she's starting to really get freaked out, like, what is happening? What's wrong with me? God, do you see this? This seems really problematic. Six months, seven months, eight months, nine months. And now she's really uncomfortable. Her everything's changing, and she's really afraid, and she's really discouraged, and she is despairing, because this is unlike anything she's ever experienced, and it seems bad. But of course. Of course, we now know that when one gets pregnant, yes, she's going to experience a lot of those same type of 
um, things, you know, the discomfort, the, the illness, she's going to get bigger, her body's going to change, her mind, her emotions. But she is certainly not discouraged or despairing and think that this is going to last forever. Oh no, she is confidently expecting. She knows she's got a due date. She has a due date. She won't be carrying this forever. And she can rest in that. And she can rejoice in knowing of what is to come. Not only a due date, but a birth date of something new. A new normal. A gift that is coming. And if you're here today, if you're listening to this online, I just really believe that the Lord is wanting to tell you today, no matter what it is you're feeling, experiencing, you have a due date. There is a due date on what it is you're carrying in this uncertain season. And that means there's a birth date for something new. I really like this illustration. Pretend for a second that you were promised that if you just go mining deep within a mountain, that you're going to hit a huge diamond mine. And so, enthusiastically, you get your pickaxe and you start mining and you start picking away at it and you start going. And days go by and weeks and months and you're tired and your body hurts, and you're feeling broken, and maybe even years go by, and now you're at the point where you start to doubt. Did I really hear that promise? Did I really hear it right? And you're starting to get discouraged that maybe it will never be delivered. You start to question yourself, doubt yourself. Did I, am I going crazy? Maybe I was just crazy. I'm crazy. What am I doing? You know, worry and despair would have you camp out in your worst-case scenario. It would say, set up tent right in the middle of your hell. But as Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop there. God's promises are good. Don't stop there in your heart or in your mind. You know, sometimes our biggest problem in our circumstance isn't even the storm around us. It is the doubt, the despair, the discouragement, the shame that instills. It's us agreeing with the lies. And that's why we come to church and that's why we spend time together because we need to be reminded of the truth that we can confidently expect God to fulfill his promises. It would be so great if you said exactly 823 meters and 55 centimeters into that mountain, you're going to hit a diamond mine. Exactly nine months from now, there's going to be a due date and a birth date. But as we know, we don't, we're not given the exact amount of days or the length of time. But it's here to tell you that you can still confidently expect don't camp out in hell. Keep going. His promises are true. So where does our help come from? We're talking about the maker of heaven and earth. The maker of heaven and earth. If that's not enough, 
to give you a confident expectation. Nothing is too hard for him. It's not a bother. It is his greatest joy to bless you abundantly. He's, invited, he's telling us, you can have a confident expectation in my provision. Matthew 6, 31 says, forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. That is the natural world. That is what those who do not follow Yeshua, the one who delivers, the one who rescues, has reason to worry about. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know the things your bodies require? We can have a confident expectation that he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. We can confidently expect his protection. Isaiah 41, 10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Confidently expect it. And you can confidently expect him to be predictably him. Now, I get that his ways are far beyond our imagination. He is a wild God that will do far more abundantly beyond all we could ask or think. But who he is, his character that is good, that is love, is the same. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. If he was good to you in the past, he'll be good to you again. His goodness, his gifts, his blessings are not just for the they and the them. It's for you. It's for me and you. It's for each and every one of us. You know, the World Health Organization, for, the la for well over a decade, the World Health Organization has been predicting that depression would be the number one form of workplace disability worldwide. And despite wonderful efforts to try and remedy the situation, they have not been, be able, they have not been able to stop that train. It is here. We have wonderful therapeutic approaches, Great minds have poured themselves into figuring how to manage and reverse this, and, and it's all very helpful, but we still have 800,000 people every year who die to suicide. Well, if you leave out the author of hope, when you're trying to implement and restore hope, you can't be surprised when things still are hopeless. So I just want to say that you can have a confident expectation that everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, it doesn't matter where you're born, how you're raised, who you are, what you've done, what you haven't done. Everyone who calls on Jesus, the one who delivers and rescues, will be saved, period. There's no strings attached to that. And if anyone's ever told you that, that I just want you to reach deep into truth and just call out to Jesus and experience it for yourself.
just a short illustration here from Mark 5, 24 to 29. A large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus. So Jesus is walking through the streets, and there's just a lot of people who are pressed up against him, like a can of sardines. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So she had this medical condition that caused her to be bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors that had spent all that she had. She exhausted all of her resources, and instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Yeshua, this is a Hebrew woman, so she knows that Jesus means to deliver, to rescue. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Now that is confident expectation. You see, in this culture, in that day, this woman, the fact that she was a woman alone would have prohibited her from going to go touch Jesus, a man who is considered a teacher, a prophet. But in addition to just being a woman, she would have been considered an untouchable because she was sick. And she would have she would have been shunned for fear that she would infect other people. So people she had to literally forsake and shut her ears to the lies of doubt and discouragement and shame and say, I am just going straight for Jesus. She just shut her ears to the lies as she went straight for Jesus and she put all her mind, all her attention and all her strength into touching him and getting close. God invites us to have a confident expectation in him to deliver in his promises and be who he says that he is. Hope needs to be nurtured in us. It needs to be continually growing and be fed. You know, recently I read this wonderful book called Encountering Our Wild God by Kim Meter. Just one of many examples out there of someone with uh, the gift for writing and storytelling just putting down on paper the many wonderful ways that God has been faithful in the storms, has been with you in the trying times and clearly with a plan. You just see story after story of God working through her, around her, and, and through the people in her world who, like you and me, are faced with uncertainty, discomfort, with needs, but you see that God is there all along with a plan. And there was a due date and a birth date. There are so many other ways to nurture hope. Last week, our sister Kelly shared her powerful testimony. If you haven't listened to it, tune in. Let it encourage you. A couple of other books I like, some lighthearted reading that is also, again, a powerful testimonies of God's faithfulness, Faith Like Potatoes, and Fearfully and Wonderfully Mad. You can uh, Google YouTube, uh, Google, or sorry, um, search for testimonies of God's faithfulness and his power working in people's lives right on YouTube. I, I did this the other day, and I came across this one of um, a triad gain leader. So this is a gain leader in a triad gain in China who, over the course of, of several days, 
for whatever reason, started calling out to Jesus because multiple times in a row, his life was being threatened. And folks, he put himself in bad situations. He was making some very poor choices. He had done some terrible things. But God, who is unconditionally loving and gracious and is the one who saves, answered his call and saved him over and over and over again. He eventually gave his life to the Lord and I'll just share his story. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Book of Acts, Daniel, Job, Esther, Jonah, the story of Joseph, that's, you'll find that at the end of the book of Genesis. All these stories are there to encourage us and remind us that you can have a confident expectation that God sees you, he gets you, he's got you, and there's a due date and a birth date for whatever it is you're experiencing. So I have a question. What promise is God asking you to confidently expect him to fulfill for you? What promise is God asking you to confidently expect from him? Is it the promise that he'll be with you, that he will unconditionally love you, that he will provide, protect, give you a plan and a purpose, rest? Maybe it's something even more specific, something very specific to you that he has given you, and he's saying, confidently expect it. Confidently expect it. That's how this works. No doubt. No, no, no. No despair. No shame. And then just like that woman, get close and stay close to him. Touch him every day. Let him, let his presence touch you every day because he's our daily bread. I just want to encourage you not to fix your eyes on your problem, of course, or the promise, but on the promise keeper, on the problem solver, just like that woman putting all her heart and strength and mind into getting close to him. That's how we're sustained in the waiting. You can confidently expect him to fulfill his promises, but then just let it go and leave it with him. And look for him and his gifts and his provision every day, day in and day out. Receive your daily bread, not letting doubt despair or shame rob you or distract you or make you question your sanity. I just actually want to pray for us here today. I want to pray for you. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you see each and every one of us. You know the hairs on our heads. You know when we rise up and when we sit down. You know what each of us is feeling, what's going through our minds, and exactly where we're at. And I just thank you so much that you care so much about everything in our lives. You care about what we need, what we want, what we're hoping for. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that the truth 
of how this works between you and us and that we can confidently expect our Redeemer and our Rescuer and our Deliverer to fulfill His promises. I pray that that truth will fill our hearts, will explode in our beings, pushing out and binding any lies in the name of Jesus. You are good. Father, bring us to that level where we really can rejoice always because you are with us every day. And your plans are so good. And there is nothing that you haven't orchestrated or where you promise to see us through to our due date and our birth date. I just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just a little quote for you to take home with you. Just when the caterpillar thought the world was ending, he turned into a butterfly. The struggle is all for a very beautiful purpose. He's with you in the cocoon, and he'll be with you evermore. So let's just shift our focus onto our problem solver and our promise keeper today. God bless you. Thank you.